0: Can you hear me now? Yes, okay, there you man. are. So, <laughs> hi, Brad. Oh. Uh, what a night, huh? Last night, yes, the, uh, Wednesday night, man, alive. That was uh, that was some kind of thing, Bradley. They uh, these two teams are just. I, I've been calling them the, the Titans of the American Association, and uh, every time the these two find a way to play. It it just seems like the ebb and flow and a in a, a lead and then lose the lead and take the lead and tie a game and controversial play and uh, all of that stuff. But wow, uh, what a what a thrilling win last night for the FM Redhawks. So yep, they they are just destined in this postseason, I think, to just push it to the limit uh, every time. And uh, who knows who knows what happens in Game Three? Uh, game Three of a best of three. The only thing about this, Chris Coast and I in the postgame show, and Chris said it. He goes. The shame, the, the big shame in this is how is this not a five or seven game series? Wouldn't that be phenomenal?
1: Oh, well, that would be fun. I guess it would be destined for five. And in no apologies to Milwaukee and Cleburne and the Milkman, uh, you know, first of all, congratulations to Cleburne. that's a nice playoff run. They won one series, I believe, yes. their first ever playoff uh, series win, and and you know, battled pretty well against a Milwaukee team, and uh, they, that was two one, and they, I believe they had the tying runs on base in the ninth and um but man it's just they're just that series just pales in comparison to what you've had there in kansas city and um a little bit of john i heard last night during the end of the game i don't know if anything kind of came uh came it, it, i don't know what that that was the result of or they're just kind of sick and tired of playing each other the last couple of weeks
0: i'm glad you brought that up so it allows me an open door to maybe even chat go. about that or, or talk about it or set the, the scene for tonight i uh I get it. Emotions are in. There's, there's a lot of things that going on. But after the game, yeah, because uh, Alex DuBord, by the way, came in and pitched a six-out save, which was just great to see Doobie come through. Um, but prior to that, when the Red Hawks were looking to add on after scoring some runs late on, on some critical hits, and, you know, we can break all that down, but critical hits, you know, Silviano and Dexter and Alec Oland, and Olin was caught. Uh, stealing, just trying to get in a scoring position, you know. Late, to add even some more on And He's he's thrown out, and he's he's gunned out pretty good by a step or two. It's like no no question. Uh, well, <laughs> J. C. Ascara, the catcher for Kansas City, who A guy, who uh, by the way hit the big three run home run in Fargo on Monday night, you know. So you know. And then he then he then he went on a uh, he went on. My buddy Carter Deal, our colleague there, and he does the American Association. It's a fantastic job. Well, he gets he got J. C. on. Uh, Tuesday on the show, and you know social media, and, and asked him about you know the win and and his thoughts on Game Two. Well, everything was pretty cool uh, with JC, uh, the Kansas City catcher, on his response. And then he kind of took a little extra and said, "Yeah, I th- I think I can't quote it directly, but it was, yeah, I think we're going to score a bunch of runs and and we should wrap it up. This this will be over tonight, something along those lines." Well. <laughs> that that number one is a little bit of bulletin board activity and you know so I, I get it confident coming off the home run but you know uh, the comments just seemed a little bit uh, you know, who are the redhawks you know so that that was one. And then during last night's game, uh, JC threw out Alec Olin late in the game and and uh, got him by a step and then as he's walking to the dugout he he if you take your left hand and hold it to the left and kind of cup your hand, and then take your right hand and extend it to the right and cut the hand. He was showing, like someone showing how big their fish is, you know, when they caught. Yes. Well, he did that motion, Brad, showing how much he threw Alec Oland out at second base. Now, <laughs> you know, his team is down. You know, it's it it, it it was just a um, a gesture that uh, I'll just put it this way. It just wasn't it just wasn't taken well. I'll put it the nice way by by some Redhawks, obviously. Yep. you know that that's what, So then you fast forward to the ninth inning, and DuBord strikes out a couple of batters. They get a guy on, uh, John walks, and then he gets John Hernandez to pop out. And I think, uh, I don't know, someone from Kansas City said something to Alex, like, who are you, or who do you think, something along those lines. <laughs> DuBord, of course, big guy, he kind of stared back, and he he's not backing down. And that's how the game ended last night. So the Redhawks are in their handshake line, but there's a little bit of a standoff jawing going on, and Brad, that's that's the G-rated version I think I can give. <laughs> <laughs> that sets the stage
1: because this is it's a family right. show, by the way. Yes. <laughs> right,
0: it's a family show. So, but you know what? Let's go. You know that's that's what competition does, and and you you said it best, Brad. These two teams, you know, it it is there's something about it where you think yes, Winnipeg's a rival, yes, St. Paul was a rival in the mm-hmm. Northern League, yeah, but there's a little bit of hatfield mccoyish kind of kind of something brewing between Kansas City and Fargo moorhead yeah this so is going I, to turn
1: into that with a bullet
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really and it's a uh, it's something about that Brad that uh, that's uh that's that well just sets the stage for game three that's all I'll say on that so So, yeah good win by by all means great win
1: uh Davis Feldman really picked him up in the middle innings I thought and uh tonight uh be Peyton Wigginton again and I'm sure if uh all hands uh all hands are available and if and uh, maybe needed at some point
0: the only people I can imagine not available tonight are are probably Doobie probably Alex Dubord I mean like we said he threw two innings last night to to get the save um And Tyler Grauer, who left yesterday, Brad, after three and a third, uh, hockey terms now, upper body injury taken out for precautionary reasons. So last night, uh, Tyler Grauer went three and a third. And as you mentioned, uh, Davis Feldman came in and just a yeoman-like work out of the bullpen for him. So Redhawks used half a dozen pitchers or so, about five, and so did Kansas City. Uh, so, yeah, to your point, I think everybody would be available. And I'm a govern through Monday, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, probably not gov and probably not dubord and not grower, but everybody else I think is all hands on deck. But, you know, Peyton Wigginton, this rookie at a middle Tennessee state, he has been just one of the really big bright spots for Fargo Moorhead this year. And Kansas city is going with Jalen Miller. The problem with that Hawks haven't seen him, um, when the Redhawks have seen a pitcher a couple times, we get, you know, what happens. The, the bats just, uh, they seem to be a quick study, and, and, they, and they and they get runs. Last night, uh, Valdez came in, this guy the Redhawks haven't touched in in this year, the, the young right-handed that comes in to close. Well, they've seen him now twice. And last night, what happened? They got to him a little bit, got a couple of free passes, got a couple of knocks. Uh, so they haven't seen Miller yet. But you know what? At this juncture – I would uh, I would roll with the Red Hawks lineup against anybody, Brad. So that's what set the stage. But, yeah, anybody and everybody available tonight uh, except probably Grower, Dubord, and I'd imagine McGovern. And, uh, you know, let's play.
1: All right. Coming up with the program, about uh, 10 minutes or so, Steve Lockway, head coach of the MSUM football team. Tough test for the uh, Dragons. They will host uh, 13th-ranked Augustana. Uh, Augie, one of the uh, favorites. On uh, the preseason NSIC rankings, they held up Bemidji State 30-29 to 29 last week. Dragons got a win over uh, Upper Iowa, and they've got uh, some youngsters doing some good things. Uh, some local guys, Carter Berencott has played well as one of the wide receivers, and they got a uh, fumble recovery off a bad punt snap for a score last week, and it be a tough test for the Dragons at home. That's a noon kickoff, but we'll visit with uh, Coach Lockway in a few minutes. And uh, JG, Justin Gard will uh, join us. Gophers get Colorado on uh, Saturday afternoon, 2.30. That'll be over on uh, uh, 1019 Jack FM, your home of uh, Gopher football as well. will be an interesting test for the Gophers there. And looking at some of the FCS matchups, Jack, there's some uh, intriguing FCS-FBS matchups. We've met, we've talked about NDSU and, um, and Arizona. A couple of other ones, uh, at least in the Valley, that are kind of interesting to me. Arkansas and Missouri State, Bobby Petrino goes back home. It was former stomping grounds. I was That's looking right. at the I was looking at the betting line, a couple of them have Arkansas by twenty three seems a little high. I'd almost you know, it's kind of similar to what UND had with Nebraska. Um I was looking at the Bison and um the Bison, Arizona line, a couple spots. It was at VegasInsider.com. Insider dot com, couple of the uh betting sites had the bison as a one point favorite. So Ooh, more or less, a pick, more or less a pick.
0: On the road in Tucson, we talked a little bit about that uh, yesterday. Uh, so you know, we always bring up the fact that uh, you know, if you remember back in the old North Central Conference days, you know, and, and if you could have said, "Hey, in 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 20 years, what have you? Uh, you're going to be playing Nebraska. You're going to be playing Arizona. You're going to be playing Iowa or Iowa State." Uh, your eyes would have just went, "Wow, really." And then now, fast forward, and here we are—not let alone not playing just an FBS opponent in their house in the Pac-12, but being favored. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a long way. You know, the game that I'm 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 intrigued by a couple of games uh, this week in the um, uh, regarding Missouri Valley Football Conference uh, teams. Uh, number one, uh, Northern Iowa. Let's start there, Brad. Yep,
1: Northern that's Iowa. Sacks. Yep, Sac
0: State. Sac State. So they've got a they got a they got a Sack State team coming to their house and they're sitting at 0-2. At you know, so Northern Iowa, they've been on the road, been to Air Force, you know, been to, to Grand Forks, and they're 0-2 and 0-1 in conference play. This is a non-conference game. But but, you know, you drop this one and you're 0 and 3, and now you're talking about having to, you know, Coach Farley having to really do some damage in Missouri Valley conference football play. So you know you got to you got to try to get one under your your belt in the win column, and Sac State we'll see. Uh, you know Sac State's always a, an intriguing matchup in my time spent in the Big Sky a decade or so calling games there. Usually Sac State has a couple of perimeter guys that that can that can stretch the field and have up tempo. So but but that intrigues me because Northern Iowa has got to try to get you know a W. The other one that intrigues me is Southern Illinois is that northwestern it doesn't intrigue me in the fact that i expect southern illinois to to beat northwestern and all of that but the problem here is that southern illinois brad going into the season as as we've chatted you know high expectations high expectations in the valley you know and they've come out and and they've dropped a couple of games out of the gate and now you're facing a a big 10 team um where in their house obviously and and you know, they, too, are in that situation going, if you know, if you don't win it or at least show, you know, some form of, of, of bouncing back and quality play, either, even in a loss. Now you got the Saluki sitting at 0-3, and, of course, they've got North Dakota uh, the following week. So th- those are a couple of games maybe not named North Dakota State or North Dakota that intrigued me, and, and then South Dakota and, and, and Cal Poly and kind of a Big Sky Valley crossover to me is another one I'll keep my eye on, but that, I'm curious what Southern Illinois shows against Northwestern and then Northern Iowa and their ability to, to bounce back and, and, and beat a, a Big Sky team in, in their house.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the, they had Northwestern anywhere about 13.5 to 15.5 point favorite on SIU, but yeah, they they might be 0-3. And overall... And it's very early yet. And uh, really, other than UND in Northern Iowa, we haven't seen much for conference play. But it's not been the – there have been better starts for the, uh, for the Valley overall as a whole compared to maybe years past. They've, it's not been as, good as, uh, not been as good as years past, I think.
0: Well, and, and, let me, and let's put our foot on the gas and they tell you to never look ahead. But let's do it. The, uh, so you look past this week where, where a lot of non-conference schedules wrap up. Many do. And then, then you during the conference play. So the following week, you've got, uh, I mentioned North Dakota at Southern Illinois, and, and where will the Salukis be there? Probably 0-3, and it's almost Fisher cut bait, or they got to get a win. But that following week, we're talking about the 24th of September, you know, North Dakota State is in vermilion to take on South Dakota, and that that's that. But uh, uh, the South Dakota State is at plaster complex there in springfield by the way i went through springfield uh, not long ago uh south dakota states at missouri state to open up con- conference play so you know that's that's the i think that's the big daddy you know along with that und southern illinois game and on the 24th those are two intriguing matchups too are they not brad where, where conference play kind of really goes into full swing for the unds the world's so or mm-hmm. second yep. uh, but uh and know that i that week is at western so you know, you'd think uh, Northern Iowa, if they can get a win uh, coming up this weekend, then then play their second game and, and pick off Western Illinois in Macomb, you know, then maybe they're back on on some kind of traction. You know, and for North Dakota, if they can get a win at Northern Arizona, that'd be two uh, wins overall, two, uh, you know, one in the conference, and then they, they start with Southern Illinois. And if they can win that game, now you're talking about traction. So, you know, that's what, even though, as you said, it's <laughs> obviously it's extremely early, I think there's traction to be uh got, you know, uh, early in the season.
1: Yep, no doubt about it. One other one too of kind of uh, kind of got buried in a little bit. Montana State's at Oregon State. That'll be uh the seven PM Eastern. So it'll be six o'clock our time. Oregon State's about about a two touchdown favorite against Montana State.
0: Yeah, I, I see that too, and and uh, of course Vegs, we're uh you know, we're we're fans of him, uh without question. At Montana State is such a solid program, and maybe they can make a little noise, uh, continue to make noise. Obviously, they made noise a year ago, but, yeah, uh, you know, Montana, speaking of schools of Montana, the, the treasure state there, they're at Indiana State, and and uh, that, that probably is a, a Grizz road win on that one. But, yeah, we'll keep our eyes open on Montana State and Oregon State. There's two, uh, you know, the Beavers have come out and uh, got a couple wins under their belt. They're playing that game at, at a beautiful – uh, facility, a great venue to call a game, by the way, Providence Park in uh, in Portland, um, where you can, get, you know, if you're hanging out in Portland, you know, Rose City, Brad, you just walk down the block, you can you got two stops. You can either go to the Powell Bookstore and hang out there. It's like Barnes & Noble on stor- steroids. Or Then you can continue to walk down the block and get your voodoo donuts. Those are the other two. <laughs> that's the other place. So <laughs> that's at Providence Park.
1: All right, yeah, that'll be uh, an interesting one uh, there. But, yeah, like I guess I would imagine Montana, a heavy favorite there. Well, we're going to go to the phones quickly here, and uh, our guy Jason uh, wants to chime in. Jason, uh, go ahead and quick. We're just about ready for a break. How are you? Hey,
2: Jack, how are you?
0: Hi, Jason. Uh, were you cheering last night for those Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks?
2: Hey, I was cheering nice and loud, and... Uh... I hope little Greta's there tonight at the Red Hot game, and uh, I hope we pull it out and go to the championship.
0: I do, too. Speaking of Greta, I had breakfast with her and her mom this morning in the hotel, hotel lobby. Brad, Greta's the young girl that you can hear above everybody else at a stadium like uh, Ah, yes, yes. You can hear from here to California. <laughs> I think I caught her, yes. <laughs> yeah, you can hear, as Jason says, you can hear from here to California. That's exactly right. So, Yep, Jason, I'm with you, man. Uh, I I have a lot of confidence in the in the club. It's good to be a Red Hawk. Go Red Hawks. Well said.
1: All right, so yeah, so that uh, that coming up, and then um, as we mentioned, Milwaukee won. Milwaukee hosting the first two games of the best of five championship series. That would be Saturday night. I think I saw six o'clock, and then Sunday at one. Uh, with that, a couple of other notes here: Roger Federer is retiring from professional tennis the age of 41 won 20 Grand Slam titles he has not competed since uh, Wimbledon in 2021 he's had uh, a number of knee operations and did post the, uh, post the news on Twitter so' uh, he's reaching the end of the line but certainly uh, certainly one of the greats all time in uh, in uh, tennis so but yeah we'll
0: bring that up with Garssey by the way yes uh, that would be a good t- morning, good topic
1: right? yeah absolutely good topic
0: yeah, great stuff. And Steve Lockway, you know, and you mentioned I know we got Steve coming up in, in just a, a handshake here, but uh, yeah, to put the tease on this one, uh, the Dragons have yet to beat a top twenty-five ranked opponent. Wouldn't this be a fun weekend for that to that to happen, huh?
1: Yeah, you know, and they kind of got the they'll have kind of the local stage. Uh, Concordia is off. Bison play late. UND plays at uh, three, so they're kind of be front and center with the uh, with the noon kickoff there. Yeah, that would be fun to pick off uh, again one of the. Uh, Augie was, and usually is, and they were picked uh, picked to win the uh, the NSIC overall this year, and they are off to a two and zero start. It would be a uh, it would be a feather in their cap, and they're bouncing back after uh, after a nice road win uh, uh, last week down in Upper Iowa.
0: No question, no question at all. Excited to talk to Steve.
1: All right, we'll get to that coming up here. We'll take a timeout. Jack Michael Show, Jack in Kansas City. Eric will be back, uh, I believe tomorrow. We got a full show tomorrow with Corey Provis, Jody Norsett will join us to talk some North Dakota high school football as well. Uh, tomorrow on the program and i believe Derek will be back as well. Uh we'll take a break be back with more Jack Michael show continues here on 740 the Fan. 24 and the Jack Michael show Jack on location in Kansas City Red Hawks baseball the uh, third deciding game of the uh playoff series that'll be over on uh, 1019 Jack FM tonight and uh before we join uh Head coach Steve Lockway of the MSUM football team. Schedule for tonight in our uh, properties, uh, 790 KFGO, Twins Baseball, Twins and the Royals. Coverage will begin at 6. Here on the fan, it is Thursday night NFL football with the Chiefs and the Chargers. Coverage will begin around 6.30, 104.7 KFGO FM. It's high school volleyball. Central Cass and Northern Cass about 7.15. And then the Red Hawks on Jack FM tonight, 101.9. On the FM dial, 6.10, pregame 6.30 on the... Uh, 6:30 on the first pitch in that third and deciding game. So that's that's the schedule.
0: Yeah, that's a full house. We've almost used all of our properties. That's a, <laughs> it's a full Thursday out there and then <laughs> and like you said we're getting jacked up for Dragons football uh this weekend too. So excited that that Steve is is able to spend a couple of minutes with us today, Brad. Head coach Steve Lockway, MSU, and Dragons coming off that that win on the road. And now, you know, there are games within conferences. There are games that, that are deemed big opportunity games. And, Brad, you and I were talking about this. And, and Coach, uh, you've been at this a while. You know, 10th season, 11th year overall. Uh, it's another opportunity uh, to try to – Engineer the X's and O's and and play with passion and pick uh, and try to pick off that 800-pound gorilla named Augustana. Good afternoon, Steve. How you doing? Doing fabulous. It it is an opportunity, isn't it? I know that that media and and fans they can look at records and history and all that stuff, but really it's it's about this week's preparation and then kickoff, right, Coach?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know what? You try and every every week's a new week right you're you're trying to be focused on on the task at hand and you're definitely right we've got a top you know i think she's, they're ranked 13 in the country or 12 or depending on whatever poll you're looking at and so augustana definitely is a good football team but it's you know when you talk about picking off that 800 pound gorilla you know i think back to in the last four games we're two and two against this program and at home we beat them uh, the year they were nine and two and went to the playoffs and we beat them here at home and you know that was a special day for us that we played well and Got ourselves out to a to a good lead, and so I think it's kind of trying to be able to go. You know what? Those are those are days that can be special, and we've got an opportunity to capitalize on that. So we're definitely looking forward to it.
1: Nice road win for you at Upper Iowa, and where maybe uh, you said mistakes kind of hurt you against Sioux Falls. Uh, Kobe Vanderwall, young man in a Northern Cass, uh, got a big touchdown off a uh, special teams uh, miscue by Upper Iowa, and uh, kind of you capitalized on uh, on their mistakes a little bit. And solid game for. Tommy Falcon just uh, overall, well, it's always uh, tough to get a road road win anywhere in the conference. So uh, uh, I guess overall, your summation of last week.
3: Absolutely. Uh, you know, going on the road and winning, I think, obviously, is tough. It's important. But it was interesting on Friday night at the team meeting, I just kind of, you know, I was going to try and lay out the groundwork of the next day of, hey, here's where the locker room is and the field. and Because it's about a three-block three, three block walk over to the field and just kind of laying out. I just said, hey, uh show of hands, how many guys, you know, here have been to Upper Iowa. And I was expecting about 15, 20 hands to go up. And only one hand up went up, Mr. James <laughs> Eggert from Moorhead. And I went, oh, boy, this is uh, this is a crew that's, that's young, that hasn't obviously been on the road and been here. And we're like, okay, well, there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to have to deal with on the road with such a young crew. And I thought, you know, they they showed that early. You know, we were where we were kind of rattled, we went three and out twice, we turned the ball over on offense, defensively, we gave up scores, and we found ourselves behind 14-0 at the end of the first quarter, and so uh, we weren't in a great place, but we bounced back in a in a big way, and, and they looked adversity in the eye, and they kept their composure, and they stayed poised, and they stayed confident, and, you know, we were able to flip that into a lead by halftime, and so that was exciting.
0: I, uh, to capitalize on that, Coach, uh, Coach Steve Lockley joining us from MSUM Dragons, and Brad, I remember when I was doing games in the Northern Sun, Steve, and and it was that, this was before we really got into MapQuest, you know, on our phones where you don't even have to worry about, I think I had an Atlas in the back of our radio station van, and and I I was tootling down the highway just looking for Fayette, Iowa, and then... And it had a good vicinity of where it was. But, boy, i tell you, it was kind of a quirky back road to, to get into Fayette, Iowa. And then, you know, the town is personally, you know, not a very big town. And, and you're kind of staying there in the hotel and you maybe have one place to, to eat. Steve talked about a three-block walk to the stadium. And, and, Steve, I look back at those times and, and with one hand that went up in your, in your clubhouse, you know, that that's not easy to do there's a lot of uh you know stuff that's newness where you just feel like you're out in the middle of the the boondocks trying to pick up a win so i mean yeah as brad said that was a good win steve that's a good road win for the dragon
3: yeah you know you said it was a three block walk there and i was like yeah we kind of traveled from inner city to the suburbs in that uh three block to (laughs) to get to the field so it's kind of like being in cavalier where I grew up on the edge of town and I always said I was suburbs and then five blocks went to the inner city where school was. And so it's, that was about the extent of the, the place we were. And so uh, some of those guys, I think it was eye opening for that too, but road wins are tough um, and they're a program that's trying to to get their footing back. And they've, you know, they've battled us tough. We've had some games now over the last, you know, four times, I think they've all been decided by a touchdown and we've, We've gotten the better of all of them, which has been good. And so they feel snake bitten a little bit, but they're 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 finding wins at different times of the year, and they're just trying to get their whole their footing to get um, you know in a stable place. And I you know I can relate. I think we were at that place where we're like, gosh, sometimes we got it, sometimes we don't. We're still close, but we're just not quite there. And you know, so it was it was good to be able to get a win. Um, you know, obviously we're looking forward to this week's game and trying to keep those things going.
1: You know, Augie, too, and they were picked, uh, I believe, at the top of the uh, preseason rankings in the Northern Sun, and uh, this shows the margin of error in the Northern Sun, just the depth that you have. Uh, you know, they held off Bemidji at home last week, 30-29, to 29, and uh, uh, scouting report on the Vikings.
3: Oh, definitely a good football team, and, and they've played two good games. Um, you know, our league is tough. Last week was a big win for them uh, in the sense of, you know, Bemidji had gotten some first-place votes and I think was picked to win the North. They were te- those two teams met in the playoffs last year, and Bemidji beat them. Um, and so I think that obviously was a game that was circled for them, and then it goes down to the wire and was, you know, super competitive. And so it's, um, you know, but that's part of what this league is. you got to be able to bounce back. And they're a team that, that we feel like, you know what has is super big up front with their offensive line. Um able to run the ball, protect their quarterback so that he can be able to make plays back there. And then defensively, I think last year they ended, you know, top or near the top in run defense. And so they're one of the better defenses, not just in our conference, but in the nation. And they got a lot of those guys back. And so we're going to have our hands full. They really like to kind of clog the middle up and make sure you can't run. They definitely are stop the run and make team one dimensional. And, um, you know, that's the that's the balance that we're going to have to try and strike of how do we become not – one dimensional and be able to have some sort of balance back and forth to keep them guessing.
0: Dragons football against Augustana this week. Uh, Steve, you, you mentioned uh, that that win against Upper Iowa, you, had, you scored in the offense. I think you had a defensive score. You talked about your special teams get on the board, but you know individually, and we don't have time obviously to talk about everybody. But you got You talked about the youth of your team, the the wideouts uh, Florence and then Cotter Burenkod, who I think a lot of folks in this uh, neighborhood, Brad, you've called a lot of games with Carter and I have in various sports. But uh, the the two receivers who obviously. Have, have come out and 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 bought in at least to the offensive plan and and are, are making impacts coach right
3: without a doubt both of them redshirt freshmen um both of them north dakota players that you know if you follow north dakota athletics you definitely know their names and, and they're young they showed up they made plays you know gage got us going with the the big touchdown on third down after we we're kind of reeling down 14 and we've been Three and out, three and out, turnover, and then we were we were on our third down, so we were close to three and out again. And the next thing you know, he catches it and runs away from everybody, and we got a touchdown. And then I think um, Big Carter kind of got to the point where he he maybe finally realized that he can he can be a player that's a force in in this conference, and went up and made some plays. You know, definitely made a play on the touchdown catch. And you know what? I think there's a lot of good things that that he can build off to be able to give us into the future.
0: Well, the uh, fans hopefully can uh, can get out there and, and big support. As you talked about a few years ago, you had, you had beaten Augustana a couple times in back-to-back seasons. And, you know, hopefully uh, Shields Field and, and that stadium is, is rocking on that. Are there any, uh, you know, we talked about Augustana, and you I, I don't know what it is. You know, we talk about stereotyping schools or institutions or some that take on the, the personality of their coach and whatnot. Augustana has been big since the, Taft administration Steve it's like everybody every time augustana comes up it's like oh big line you know they just they just have always bred and recruited and signed big linemen and obviously i just heard you talk about it uh, the same thing again
3: yeah absolutely and it's uh you know it it it's kind of familiarity for me when you think back to you know being at ndsu as a player in the division 2 era in the old ncc and augustana was in that in that group and and they weren't necessarily at the top of the heap but they were right next to it and they were always kind of nipping at it and so they were like they've been at this kind of level for a long time and then when the kind of everything broke up and they they just kind of skyrocketed through and then when they started having the talks about you know going division one and whatnot and they certainly i think kind of had an uptick with the new stadium and the division one talk and so i think um They've been able to capitalize on that. They've played really good football, and they do have a big offensive line. They're physical. Um, you know what? And they, they take pride in being able to stop the run, and you know what? That's, that's what championship teams are able to do, and that's why they were a team that was in the playoffs last year and a team that was picked to win a really tough conference of
0: ours this season. And my final thing for Coach, too, Brad, is this, and, and it's something that early in the season you see a lot of this, well, not a lot, but you see enough that, that stall drives or take you out of scoring chances or increase the other team's you know, position on the field, and that's penalties. And I was going through the, some of the preview of, of MSUM Dragon football out of the gate, and uh, this, I guess, points to, to discipline. Uh, and you've obviously got these guys in the right. I'm knocking on wood as I say this, Steve, and hopefully you don't get penalized Saturday. But there's something to be said about about not being penalized or hurting yourself in that aspect of a football game, and, and your guys seem to get that out of the gate.
3: Yeah, you know, I don't know where exactly we were after this week. I think after the first week we were
0: top ten and least penalized team,
3: and, you know, we didn't have really – major penalties that were an impact last week. And so I think our guys, you know, and they're not just disciplined. They're 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 character guys. They pay attention, they understand. And you know, early in the season you just don't want those dumb penalties of forgetting to go out there, having too many guys out there or you know, even even false starts. I mean, heck, you know that you know the snap count. Like we shouldn't we shouldn't have that as a problem. And so I think our guys have done that, um, you know, and, and the first step of to winning a football game is not beating yourself. You know, and if you look at our game against Upper Iowa, well, they helped beat themselves with the with the errant snap on the punt that turned into seven points for us and gave us life. And so, it's more games are probably lost than they're actually won. So you just got to not beat yourself, and then the next step is okay. Now we got to find a way to win. Um, and so, if we can take care of step one, it's going to give us a shot every week.
0: Good stuff. Yes, yeah. second in the fewest penalty yards in in uh, in Division Two, which is pretty good stuff for uh, dragon football well i'll tell you what uh, get out there as we say here on the fan get out there and support those dragons and lock it in the covers are off uh, the bison play like at three in the morning in tucson just kidding 10 o'clock U uh, and d will have, have played later in the day so this is the game in town uh, the the dragons and Augustana. and what a game it is so buy a ticket and i don't know steve if they're still doing the promotions but they're giving away like like a house a week or three cars. I'm not sure. I might be exaggerating, but it's always fun to come out and check out Dragon Athletics, isn't it, Coach?
2: Well,
3: I think our Go team does a fabulous job, and that's, you know, primarily student-run, you know, the, the stuff they do with the videos or the web stream, but the promotions out there. And I'll tell you, I I turned and just caught out of the corner of my eye uh, last home game, just heard a thunderous, like, boom, and just caught out <laughs> of the corner of my eye. But we got one of these T-shirt cannons that launched this thing, I swear, was about a half mile in the sky. So, um... <laughs> You know, if you're going to catch that, you might have to have a baseball glove or something like that on because that thing was that came, coming down at a pretty good speed after it reached that height. So uh, you got to yeah. be ready if they show up at Nemzik.
0: Yeah, bring a fishnet, wear a, wear a catcher's mask and a couple of gloves and, and take it a T-shirt toss over at, uh, at Nemzik. Good stuff. Hey, Steve, it's always every time we, we send a shout-out, you have – no problem coming on and talking Dragons football, which obviously that's the case. Best of luck coming up this weekend against Augustana. Coach, thanks for your time today.
3: Absolutely. Thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate
0: it. Steve Lockley, uh, Brad, head coach of the MSUM Dragons. Uh, that guy has forgotten more about football, by the way, than most people know. I mean, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I certainly hope for their case. And they kind of need that signature win. It's been a few years, and yeah, they're looking for their first win over a top 25 ranked opponent. During uh, Coach Lockway's tenure there, and they'll get uh, get a shot a noon kickoff with the uh, with the uh, with Augie the Vikings coming up on. Uh, I would say one of the probably one of the blue bloods in the Northern Sun. You think of Mankato and Sioux Falls and Augie, and they those are the ones that probably stand out the most.
0: Yeah, if they can find a way to, I mean, think about the last several meetings between these two schools. You know, last year Augie rolled up forty three points. at Twenty was obviously a COVID season, so they didn't play. And, 19, they rolled up uh, close to 50 points on the Dragons. Prior to that, you know, the Dragons held Augie to seven back in 2017. He he referenced, Steve, the the, the tight one in 2015, a one-point game in Moorhead. So, you know, if you can keep Augie, who's averaging about 29, 30 points a game, they can find a way to defend and keep them, you know, underneath that. You know, maybe two and a half scores, you know, at best. I think the Dragons have an opportunity. But that's a young team. For the dragons and boy, young teams getting victories—that's a danger, Will Robinson, because that that boosts that confidence. And then young guys—they don't know any better, Brad. They, they just go out and try to win every week. So that's the that's the recipe, I think, for MSUM young team finding way to win. You pull that together, and then the confidence shoots through the roof. So that's kind of my my hope for Steve's team.
1: Yep. Well, uh, and then with that, we'll take a break. Uh, Justin Guard coming up here. We can talk a little gophers and probably a little tennis as well with the announcement that Roger Federer. Uh, is uh, retiring from uh, from competitive tennis at the age of 41. Jack Michael's show continues after this on 7:40. The Fan 107.3 FM.
2: Number two sideline analyst in Minnesota.
0: You came in. You said if you ain't first, you're last.
1: Ricky, I was high when I said that, but I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. First, you're last. You can be second. He's in
2: the Cake Eater Hall of Fame. Cake Eater. His life's never
1: been sweeter.
0: When you're just a cake eater. Nadal and Federer wish they were this good looking. I got to tell you, that suit looked like a piece of good God wrapped up with
2: some hot mercy with a side of. He's the one and only Justin Gard. The
0: great Justin Gard. The man we call Garssey, and every thursday if 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 schedules permit, we get a chance to bring Garssey on the Jack Michael show, Brad Anderson in our flagship studios, Jack in Kansas City about to enjoy a, a delicious lunch, and uh, gardssey 's with us getting ready for a game against Colorado, Our buddy Mark Johnson will be there hanging out with uh, the guardsy hey j g how 's your thursday going
2: it 's going well i 've um... You know, you are by yourself in Kansas City. For the first time since I think 2020, I was by myself in my own house today. All three kids are at school. My wife was working, and I was just, I had no idea what to do. I was paralyzed by all this newfound freedom that I had today. You know, just <laughs> um, I had no idea what to do. And so I had lunch at the same place I've had lunch at for 25 years, got my hair cut at Great Clips, where I've gotten it for 25 years. And I basically just threw it back to 1999 today, Jack. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling very, very, that,
0: good. very, very good. That's a pretty comfortable Thursday, right there, J.G. I just uh, shot you a photo of my lunch uh, in a minute, but I, I have to go <laughs> back to something, Brad. I, Brad, I have to apologize after our conversation yesterday. I, uh, I made a mistake this morning. I, it, Brad and I, yesterday, Guardsian, I don't know what your mess. You know, if you had three tips for your children. Uh, or you know the rules of life, so to speak. You know mine has always been for the twins. You know, stay off the street, don't do drugs, and be kind to people. <laughs> Those are three pretty good ones I tell the girls. And then uh, Brad, yep. yours was be be kind to people. Yep. Always have enough. Always have enough pens. Yep. And then and then don't eat uh, hotel eggs.
1: Yes, that was. Uh, I I... <laughs> I very much uh, I I stand by number three uh, very firmly.
0: Well, yeah. I broke that rule, right, This morning. That. That's a tough one, Guardzi. <laughs> <Gardsy, laughs> I, I broke, I broke rule number three, and uh, I don't know what, I don't know where you're. Uh, but those are pretty good rules to live by, uh, Guardzi. All of those.
2: They are. Well, I would say it depends on the hotel. You know, some hotels yep. have very good eggs. Others, probably not so much. And I, we're actually staying at a hotel um, when we go to State College, Pennsylvania here in the end of October. I know I'm probably not going to eat the eggs at that hotel. Um, but when we go to the hotel in Lansing or the hotel in Madison, I think I'll have a little bit more confidence in it. But, yeah, I think it depends it Depends on the hotel. In general, probably a good rule to live by. But if they have a kitchen, I think you can eat the eggs. If they have a room where someone goes and grabs the eggs, probably just leave that out.
0: That's kind of my that's rule, it. right?
1: I nailed it. Yes.
0: <laughs> that's it. He's got it. He nailed it. That's exactly, that's exactly it. Uh, before I'm sorry we get for to your, your golfers today cuz that's tough that's
2: tough I'm sorry for yeah. that's a tough one to come back from and a grizzled veteran <laughs> of the road like you what a mistake right what a mistake
0: yeah I should know better since uh, should know better since I got the all night drive uh, back uh, back tonight uh, by the way the Redhawks uh, Guardzi I know that you know you were once a former broadcast partner of mine for a few innings uh at Redhawks baseball so you're in the you know you're in the stable you're there uh they've got the yeah. They got the, uh, the championship, the, the best of three. This is game three tonight, uh, win tonight. They, they advance to the final, so that's all good. Uh, my question, though, before we get to the Gophers is, uh, is I was watching the MLB Network today, and they were breaking down the, the Cleveland and Chicago and uh, the Minnesota Twins, and, and the Twins have taken a couple of games from Kansas City yet haven't garnered any, uh, any movement really on, on Cleveland it, it, uh, a minor miracle here are we looking at Guardsian you know, i know that that life you with all the the gophers and college and there's a lot of things to get to the vikings have started but is the pulse yep. of minneapolis is it still beating strong for minnesota or is the pulse weakened right now
2: the pulse is all vikings all the time now especially after they beat the packers and it's now, right now, it's it's basically arguing with the Twins over what's to blame for it. Is it all the injuries? Is it the pitchers breaking down? Is it Buxton not being available? Is it the way Rocco uses the pitchers? Is it the way that the front office tells him to use the pitchers? It, it's basically now we're all fighting over why it's gone so badly and if it's okay or not. Um, I no one I, you know, after the Cleveland series, that was kind of going to be the last stand, and you know they've just played so poorly against Cleveland all year. I mean that really. As much as you, know, it's, you talk about all the injuries, all the things, and this division is, is like the most hilarious to me in all of baseball and that somebody has to win it, and nobody really wants to. Um, it seems like Cleveland's in a good spot. It's um, Once they lost those games, it kind of everything kind of shifted over. Okay, it's probably over. So now what do you do about it? Can you do anything about it? Um, is there anything to do about it? And whose fault is it? That's, I think, where we are right now when it comes to the Twins. But kind of luckily for them, as you said, a lot of other stuff has started, including you know both football teams, but certainly the Vikings beating the Packers on Sunday. That's going to take up a lot of the oxygen here for the next couple of weeks.
0: Uh, uh, how's Gerbsy? Uh, the Gerbschmidt is—is is everything good on that front? I've—I've I've caught uh, no. a good chunk of the. No. Okay, that's right. Yeah.
2: No. Yes. Yeah, very simply put, no. I mean, he's in the denial stage of at the moment. You know, the the one. This is just one game stage, but. I am curious how the Packers are going to move forward. Because even, like, Rodgers is just in a weird mood, it seems like. I don't know what you think. But he just, he seems like he's annoyed. It seems like he's mad. It seems like he can anybody he can throw under the bus, he is. Um, They've got a receiver coming back this week, and he basically didn't want to even talk about him yesterday. Like, it's just a very weird vibe. But we've seen that from him before. We've seen that from them before. I still think they're going to be heard from. I mean, we've played one game here. And that's so everybody's overreacting all across the National Football League. But uh, Gerby, yeah, he was in denial on Monday. We'll see what usually he shifts into from denial to defiance pretty quickly. So I would assume he's going to be defiant and cocky and um, say by the end of the week, by the end of the week, they'll be tied for first place in the division because they'll beat Chicago. The Vikings will lose to Philly and everybody will be one and one, depending on what Detroit does.
0: On the Aaron Rodgers front, and uh, Guardsy Justin, JG joining us today, and, and Brad certainly in, in the studio chime in. But on the Rodgers thing, JG, you know, there are quarterbacks over the years that, that you, you really play for. And I remember, you know, Joe Montana just seemed like they he was great, and they wanted to play for him, make him look fantastic. And then, of course, he had all those weapons on the outside. You know, my team growing up, and and, and people know the, the Cowboys, and I'll tell you, you know, Roger Staubach was a leader, and he led yeah. by example. He was a quiet, you know, he's a Navy guy. And, and you kind of played. You wanted to win for him as much as he wanted you to be great. The thing with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you're – he's fantastic, obviously, he's a Hall of Famer. But are you playing in spite of him or are you playing, you know, for him? I I, you know, I, I get it, but it just – you're right. He just seems so distant from the look, guys. I'm not changing. You get better because I'm yeah. great. You know, and I, I don't know how that, that plays. Yeah.
2: That it It seems like there's this huge disconnect in this divide, and other players have kind of hinted at that, but other players have also really liked playing for him. That's what's weird is like it's almost like you got to earn your way into the Rogers world, and these younger guys, for whatever the reason, haven't done that yet because obviously he's got good relationships with people on the team. They people have talked about that, but it just seems like there's this huge divide, and it's and like. You know, he doesn't even go over, like, he's just staring at his Surface tablet on the sidelines just being mad. Like, when Tom Brady's mad, he goes over and says something, right? Or he goes over yeah. and does something and tries to bring guys along. I do think that's part of it. And, again, it's one week. Obviously, we're, you know, Vikings fans down here are probably reading too much into it. But it just doesn't, I think you I think framed it right. Like, there's quarterbacks that kind of galvanize. And it seems like he kind of alienates a little bit. And he just seems annoyed by everybody right now, which is strange. And especially,
1: yeah, a, and especially at a time too where you know he lost Devontae, so he's got a he's got a bunch of youngsters. He's got Lazard, and I'm sure Christian Watson hasn't, probably hasn't warmed up to Christian after the uh, the drop throw on yeah. uh, on Sunday as well. But uh, you would think in that moment where you need to kind of bring guys together and and kind of you know, kind of rein everybody in. He's just he's a, he's gone the other way. It's been a kind of a one eighty.
2: Yeah, well, with Watson, that's a good example. Like if, if I'm thinking about it guy drops the first pass he ever gets thrown in the nfl like is that ideal no of course not but he's also a second round pick he's also a rookie like i'd go right back to him i'd say here dude let's forget about that let's move on like we need you because whether he likes it or not like he's signed Roger signed he's he stayed there after all the drama he decided to stay there so now it's what are you going to do to make it better and what are you going to do to help out and it seems and he's doing at least for one game he did the exact opposite of it like my thinking is, like, another quarterback or another team would say, hey, Watson's obviously nervous, he feels bad, let's go right back to him, next drive, let's get him something easy, let's get him to the free throw line, so to speak, you know, and um, they never did that. I think it was the fourth quarter by the time they ever went back to him. So, so it's just weird. It's just very strange.
0: Last one, uh, last one I got for Gargi today because time is going to catch us. So Gophers Colorado, 2.30 kickoff, uh, Huntington Bank. Uh, the Gophers are, are coming out doing great. But that's not why I called. The uh, Brad had mentioned out of the gate that <laughs> that Roger Federer is is retiring. Yeah. He's forty one years old. So here's the question that came to me with those scrambled uh, hotel eggs in room two hundred six here at the Country Inn and Suites in Kansas City: Is that I wonder who Garci, state tennis champ, uh, collegiate tennis uh, phenom. Uh, I wonder who your Mount Rushmore of male tennis players are. Your top, your, the faces that the top four. And I oh, wow. jotted down on my little note here, like McEnroe. You know, I think Nadal has to be there, and I I kind of start slipping. I I guess Federer, it Who would be the, the your top four? Your Mount Rushmore?
2: Yeah, we could. I could do like four hours on this. I mean, it's hard because I think three of the four I think are are wrapping up playing. I mean, that's what's crazy is like you've got McEnroe, you've got Borg, you've got Connors, you've got Sampras, Agassi, um, all these oh. guys, and. The, the big three, you know, with Federer now being the first to, to move off, they've all got 20-some majors. I mean, I remember when Sampras beat Roy Emerson's record at Wimbledon Grand Slam champions. I think it got him to 13, 12 or 13. It was seen as, like, this insurmountable feat, and Sampras had to give basically everything to get it done at, like, 30 or 31 years old. Well, now three guys have absolutely blown by it. Like, you should have blown by the eggs at the country and in the sweets of Kansas City, but Rush. didn't. They've blown by <laughs> They've just blown by Sampras and three guys now have 20. So it's almost weird that in the last 15 years, I think the top three players of all time have played um, with, with Federer, with Nadal and with Djokovic and Djokovic might be the best of all of them. Um, For me, Federer is the greatest of all time. Um, Just all told um, any surface. I know Nadal on clay is the best of all time. Djokovic is is maybe going to pass those guys, but like when, when they were all when when Federer was at his peak, to me, no one played prettier, no one played better, nobody did it with right. more class and grace and vibe. And yeah, I was buried in YouTube highlights of Federer early today because you know we're coming off the heels of Serena retiring too, and I think Federer is going to put together his own kind of a live golf tour without the blood money, <laughs> the uh, his own kind of Federer tour where he goes around because so he loves traveling, he loves tennis, the game loves him, people love him. I think he's going to be heard from. I think he'll still be around doing stuff. But it's a um, tough couple of weeks that's, for tennis fans who have spent two decades with these champions.
0: That's amazing, Guardsy. The fact that okay, so you're telling me that between Sampras, McEnroe, Connors, and Borg, maybe just one of those four would join the other three, being the Mount Rushmore. That's that's, that's what I think. Yeah,
2: I mean, if wow. you just look at the numbers and look at the look at the dominance, and uh, now. You can make an argument for the others, too, because different eras are different, obviously. But you just look at the level that those three got to, and they were doing it like every week. You know, they were doing it every major. There was a time when they, I mean, you look at the semifinals they've made it to, the finals they made it to. They just completely dominate. I mean, Andy Roddick should have about seven majors, seven or eight. Andy like Agassi, Roddick. Like, yeah, I mean, yes. he should have probably seven or eight, you know, but Federer was in the way at Wimbledon um, and at the U.S. Open a couple of times. Like, they just got in the way of so many other guys that probably are underrated when you look at it. Roddick, in my opinion, certainly is. And that's what's uh, remarkable about this. this last, and and I, I can say I enjoyed it every step of the way because I recognized what I was watching. It's like this just doesn't happen to have this group. And Andy Murray even for a stretch It was the big four where he was right up there too, winning majors and being in the semis of all these big tournaments. So it was a really special time. And now – you know, Nadal wrote a really nice tribute just about how they all raised each other's level, and Federer said the same thing. They just, they pushed it. This this little era that we're seeing now with the Young Bucks coming up, I mean, that's a reflection of what these guys did and took the game to a completely different level.
0: That's uh, that's some good stuff right there. Uh, awesome. Guardsy, be good. Say hi to uh, Mark Johnson for us uh, this weekend. Good luck to your I Gophers will. against Colorado.
2: Good luck to you. Eat better. Make better choices. <laughs> good luck driving.
0: <laughs> thank you thank you my friend have plenty of pens yeah good stuff all right that's uh thanks to justin guard joining us today hey there's chris coast thanks to steve lockway uh, joining us today red hawks baseball tonight as the red hawks try to advance to the finals bradley again on 1019 jack fm got a full full allotment of sports tonight by the way brad probably yes. not gonna be a lot of fans and KC. Everybody's going to be at the Chiefs game. So maybe the Red Hawks can use that to their advantage tonight.
1: Yep, very true. Yeah, that that'll The uh, Chiefs and Chargers here on the fan and uh, Twins and KFGO and uh, we've got Squirrels, Jaguars, Central Cast, Northern Cast Volleyball. That'll be on uh, 104.7 KFGO FM uh, tonight at 7.15 or so.
0: Hey, thanks, buddy. We have a common man coming up next. Stick around right here on 7.40 the fan.
1: Alright, sounds good. Be good.